that you hear at Landmark Baptist Church. All right, turn with me, if you would, to Acts, the 21st chapter. I'm, I'm sorry, not Acts, the 21st chapter, but um, I was on a 1 Kings, the 21st chapter. First Kings, let's stand as we honor God's word. Let me get over here to the 21st chapter. And um, I'm only going to read the uh, the last few verses for this afternoon. He says in the 23rd verse, And of Jezebel also spake the Lord, saying, The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Him that dieth of, a, of Ahab in the city, the dog shall eat. And him that dieth in the field, shall the fowls of the air he, eat. But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. And he did very abominable and falling idols. According to all things he as did the Amorites, whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass that when Ahab heard these those words, that is, the words about his doom, came to pass when he had heard those words that he rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah, the Tishbite, saying, Seest thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me? Because he humbled himself before me, I will not bring this evil in his, in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. Gracious Heavenly Father, again, we're so thankful that you go with us and take care of us. Again, Lord, we just pray that you'll see fit to help us each and every day. Lord, I pray that, uh, I pray every day, Lord, especially every Lord's Day, that you'll help me through this day, Lord, and I pray that you'll help me through this day, this time that I have here. Lord, I want more than anything to, to preach. And, Lord, I'm just thankful that you see fit to let me have that opportunity. So, Lord, I pray that you'll go with me as I attempt to do it today. Lord, I pray you'll take care of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> okay, we ended the uh, message this morning with faithful faithfulness is what God expects from his children. Whether we're faithful or not, God still expects it. God doesn't, God doesn't have expectations less for some and more for others. The only scripture that I know of in the scripture that teaches that God expects more out of you, and that's if he gives you more, then he expects more out of you. And, um, you know, um, that's what Jesus was telling those Pharisees. You know, said they were they were making proselytes, and 
And he said, uh, all you're doing is, he said, you're just making children twofold more the, the children of hell than yourself, than you are. And how can, how can something be twofold more? You know, there's, you know, somebody said one time, are there degrees of hell? Um, I don't know, but it seems like that evidently what the Lord was talking about, there is a, there is a bad part of hell and there is a not, not as bad part of hell. No part of hell is good. You know, you can't, uh, you'll say, well, do people teach it? Yes, they do. As a matter of fact, uh, the Mormons teach that, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. They'll go by these quote unquote, they'll call it a church of, of, of Jesus Christ, the Latter day Saints, and they don't realize what goes on in there and what is taught in there. You know, they teach that every one of us in here are gods. Now, Brother Sam may be a greater god than maybe Kara. I'll just use them as an example. Brother Sam may be a greater god, and, and really the men in the Mormon church are the greater gods. And so what happens is that when Brother Sam dies, Brother Sam will go to the top heaven, and Carol will go to heaven lower than she is. That's what the Mormons teach. The Mormons teach that there, there are uh, uh, different versions of heaven. and uh, But they also teach nothing about hell. They teach absolutely nothing about hell. You know, if all people, if all humans are gods, all men are gods over their wives, and all wives are gods over their household, then uh, they don't teach about a hell. They don't teach about suffering. They don't teach about any of those things. Same way with Jehovah's false witnesses. They don't teach anything about hell and anything about suffering. But they, they believe that, they believe that uh, if you're not a Jehovah witness, you're not going to inherit the earth. They believe that only Jehovah Witnesses are going, going to inherit the earth. And when God makes the new earth and the only thing that's going to be on it is, is Jehovah Witnesses. Now, when we talk about a new heaven, they don't, their, their theology doesn't talk about a new heaven. What a new heaven is, what it is. See, this is, this is why it's so difficult when you try to teach a Bible and try to harmonize the Bible, make the Bible harmonize itself, it's a whole lot easier just to look over things and forget about them. It's a whole lot easier to do, but but just like the book of Hebrews, you know, I skipped over the whole book of Hebrews when we were in that study of, of the books. I still skipped over the whole book of Hebrews because of the fact is that uh, I knew it was going to be a difficult book to teach. But uh, so far, the Lord has blessed us on it. And so far, uh, I think that I have a fairly good understanding of the book and what the book is about. But the thing about it is, is, uh, is what the Lord expects of his children is, is 
lot greater than we think it is. You know, we, we think the Lord will realize that, that I can't do anything. I was telling Deanna there a while ago, she was talking with me. I was telling Deanna about uh, the old preacher in Kentucky that he's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he couldn't read and write. And, uh, and he would have to have, he would have somebody when he came to our church to hold a revival. He had me sit on the front row, which I normally did anyway, but he had me sit on the front row and I, I read his scripture for him. But the thing about it is, is he knew what scripture he needed read. So somebody had sat down and read the scriptures to him to the point to where he understood where he wanted to go next. The only thing is he just couldn't read it. And every time he'd get to a point in his message, all week long, every time he'd get to a point in his message, he'd say, he'd say, Brother Jackson, he'd say, would you read so-and-so text? And I'd, open, I'd keep my Bible open, I'd turn to it, and I'd read it for him. Then he'd go on and into his fit, preaching his message. He did that several times. But, you know, what God expects of his children is he expects his children to follow him, to be what he would have them be, and, and never to be in a, uh, in an unfaithful state as Ahab was. Now, I know that, uh, there were times when, uh, you know, people said, well, Ahab had to be wicked because he condoned a lot of things his wife did. And he, you know, why would, why would a man sit down and let 800 and or, or 450 false prophets eat at his table. And he did. Uh, I mean, a godly man wouldn't have let, let that happen. Wouldn't let that take place. But, uh, but the thing about it is, is, uh, you know, uh, God expects us to be faithful in all things, in everything. You know, if, if a man has an unfaithful wife, then he needs to acknowledge that and realize that and realize that he needs to do something, you know, uh, and try to try to show her. And, and if he has to preach to her every day, try to show her what what faithfulness really is and what it really means. But if he goes and does the same thing she does, just like Ahab did, then what, what did God call that? God said that uh, he... He did a work, he did wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. Instead of him, instead of him telling Jezebel, you're wrong about those things, the Bible says he went along with it. And that, that was wrong in the sight of the Lord. Do you think, you know, uh, uh, what, what if you women, what if you had an unfaithful husband? Do you go along with him? Yeah, a lot do. A lot do. And, uh, and, uh, they, they do. And some people say, well, what's more important? Me being honored, me honor him or me honor God? And what did Peter say about that? Peter says, God, we choose to honor God rather than man. We choose to listen to God rather than man. And so that's, see, this is the thing that Ahab did not do. He did not listen to God rather than man. He listened to man, which happened to be a woman. 
he listened to her. Now, when Elijah came to Ahab, Ahab said, Has thou found me, O my enemy? First thing that Ahab said to him, said, You found me. And says, You're my enemy. In other words, I'm supposed to kill you. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed, because if you remember during this study we've had, he told Elijah that he would kill him. And he said, you're my enemy. He said, why, why are you coming back again? Why aren't you running from me? Why aren't you running uh, instead of coming facing me again? Why aren't you running from me? Well, I wonder myself how come Elijah didn't run for him. But Elijah believed his God. And when his God told him to do something, he did it. And that's the reason he went to Ahab. And he says, thus saith the Lord. Not not me, Ahab. I'm not the one saying, thus saith the Lord. This is what the Lord says. I'm only a messenger that carries that message. Well, I'm the same thing. I'm only a messenger that carries the message that God would have you to, to hear and have you to know. He says, Hast thou found me, O my enemy? That's in verse uh, 26, I believe it is, verse 20. The messenger of God found out Ahab just as the writing on the wall found out Belshazzar. You know, uh, he found, the Lord brought the fact that Ahab was going to die because of his sin. And he chose Elijah to go and tell him. Well, how, how did God get his message to Belshazzar? He had a writing on the wall. But who? There was only one man in the kingdom that could interpret that, and that was Daniel. Only man in the kingdom that could interpret that. So they went and got Daniel, and he interpreted that reading on the wall. But he did the same thing, because God wrote it on the wall, and Daniel read it off to him. Daniel didn't create that writing on the wall for Belshazzar. Belshazzar was Nebuchadnezzar's uh, uh, grandfather. Belshazzar had, had, had cleaned out the house of God of all its gold. And he had, he had put fake... He had put fake uh, uh, utensils in, in the house of God, like the the the, uh, the the gold the gold things that was in the house of God. He stole them all and he put fake things in their place. And it was it was when he was having a party. Now listen to this. Now you, you think about think about it before you go and do things, and, and and you think that you have really succeeded in it that you can show off with it. He was having, he was having a party. And what was he doing? He was using those same utensils that he stole out of the house of God. The, 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 the mugs and, the, and those type of things. The vessels, he was all using them in his party that he was putting on. And that's when the writing came on the wall. Oh, he, he successfully went into the house of God and stole those things and successfully the people in the house of God didn't know any different. It, it all looked the same. 
but he had counterfeited with cheaper stuff and and brought it and put it in the house of God and they didn't they didn't the people there didn't recognize they just went on and used it but it was a writing on the wall that came to Belshazzar so again let me warn you be sure your sin finds you out because if you can go on sinning and your sin never finds you out, you better find out why because your sin will find you out. And, and in some cases, it will find you out through your children. Brother Jim was talking about that right after the morning message when he came out there. You know, be, be sure that, you know, we, we never think about the fact that it's going to come up on our children. And we never think about the fact it's going to come up on our grandchildren, as we'll read in just a little while, that will come up on our grandchildren also. So let me warn such of you here today, sudden surprises are sure to overtake the secret center. All we got by with, we did it. Nobody knows nothing about it. Nobody, nobody thinks them. All my family may know about. They, they, they say it's okay. Well, they're just as, they're just as sinful as you are. If your family's telling you those things okay for you to do, they're as sinful as you are. They shouldn't be doing that. They, they should no one be doing that. When I heard one time about a preacher that was telling people it was okay to do these things. They're just as sinful, they're just as sinful as a person doing it. You know, when you tell, when you tell somebody it's okay for them to do it, it's okay, it's okay for you to do these things. Well, that's exactly, that was exactly between Jezebel and Eli and Ahab, that was what was going on. And God told him there, God said, you worked wickedness in the sight of the Lord. And because of that, you're going to die. And that scared, that scared Ahab to death. God finally decided to get a hold of him. What did he do? He goes in, strips off all of his clothes. He, 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 he goes in and he, he, he puts on sackcloth and, and, um, and he lay down and died. He repented. He repented of the things that, that he had done. It was Jesus who told the secret sinner that is the rich fool that tonight thy soul will be required of thee. Luke twelve twenty. Why that guy had it made. That guy had barns full of stuff. He had stuff built up, had money in the bank, had stuff built up. And what was his statement? I have need of nothing. And Jesus brought a surprise his way. He said, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. I'll bet you that's one night he didn't go to bed. 
I bet you that's one night he wasn't glad to get in the bed. Tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. I've seen it happen, and those to which it happened still don't know what happened. I've seen it happen. I've, I've seen it happen. I've just seen sure as, sure as anything. I've seen people who have sinned against God, and then something terrible happens in their life, and they don't even know why it happened. We know, you know, it's... Uh, be sure your sin finds you out. Be sure your sins find you out. Now, why was Elijah Ahab's, Ahab's enemy? Was, was Elijah Ahab's enemy just because he told him the truth? Well, the great apostle Paul told the Galatian church, Am I therefore become your enemy? Just because I tell you the truth? Jesus said that. Jesus said, I tell you the truth and you, you, you ignore it. But you listen to everybody else. You listen to everything else that goes on, but I tell you the truth and you ignore it. That's the way it is. That's the way it is today. I tell you the truth, but a lot of people ignore it. They go right on making their plans, doing the things they do. They don't even think about the fact that they've been told the truth. <clears throat> you know, it. Uh, if God's messengers don't find you by preaching the truth to you, then God will surely find you for you will find that it's going to be awful late when God finds you. But he purposed it like that. I can imagine what that rich young ruler was like when when God told him, said, tonight your soul is going to be required of you. No, he's going to die. That, that was a young fella too. Faithful Elijah gave King Ahab a straight answer. He said, I have found thee because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. He said, yes, I found, but how, why, how did I, why did I find you? I found you because you have been terribly sinning. And you've been terribly running around doing things. The things that you, he said, the things that your wife stirred up. You know, we, people can stir up things. They're very good at it. When any sell themselves to the devil, then it's high time they be found out. Elijah had some grave news for Ahab and his wicked wife. He told them, the dogs shall lick thy blood. Grave news. Elijah, you're going to die. Jezebel's going to die. 
and the dogs are going to lick up your blood. And said Jezebel's carcass is going to be hung up outside the city of Jezreel, which she claimed she owned. Let me tell you, folks, one thing that for God to find you out. When a terrible outlook, I mean, I'm sorry, what a terrible outlook for such royal sinners. Do we think that we can get by just because we're not of the royal blood? No, you can't. How many times have you heard that this week? Trump is not above the law. Well, I'm telling you, Nancy Pelosi, you're not above the law either. I don't care who you are, what you are, what you think you are. You're not above the law of God. When God, when God says something, He means it. When God says something is wrong and when God shows you something is wrong, He means it. There is a great lack of conviction in this thing in this day. What do we what do we think about it? Well I think I think not, for God is not a respecter of persons, it says. It was Habakkuk who said, Woe to him that coveteth an evil. Covetousness to his house that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of evil. Habakkuk 2 and verse 9. When he, when, when he sets it up to be, you know, a great house, when he sets it up, then God's going to tear it down. Just remember, Jesus said, with what you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Oh, I've done, Lord, what's it going to be when I stand before the Lord someday? I'm thinking, I think of myself, what's it going to be when I stand before the Lord someday? And he starts meeting out some of the things I've meted out. You know, have you ever gotten mad? Yeah, I've gotten mad. Sometimes I act like I'm mad, but I'm not. But I have gotten angry before. The Lord's going to meet out to me just exactly what I made it out to the person I got angry with. God's going to meet that right back out to us. That's what, that's what Habakkuk says. I mean, Matthew, Jesus said in Matthew 7, the judgments against Ahab and his house were set by God and not Ahab. You know, you know who uh, Ahab was going to blame it all on? You guessed it, Elijah, just because he was faithful to God. Elijah knew he was going to take the blame for it. And he knew until Ahab died that he'd better haul himself out of there. Because he knew who Ahab was going to blame it on. See, people never see Ahab. Ahab was such a backslidden, so far down in a hole, 
that he could not even see what he was doing and understand what he was doing. This is the reason I believe that Ahab was a, Ahab was a saved man. Why? Verses 27 through 29. He repented. And the Lord said he's not going to hold it against him. But he's going to hold it against his sons. Can you imagine when someone tells you that? I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm going to hold it against your children. You wonder why? Where are your children? What is your children doing? I'm sorry, confession, humility, repentance is the only way the guilty may receive forgiveness. He was saved from the sin he committed, but it did not help his posterity. Posterity, it never helped him. Because just as sure as he had a son, he was going to bring, going to chastise him. Now wait, he going to chastise him instead of chastising. That's not fair, God. That's not fair, God. My I, my children are little angels. That's not fair. God's always fair. He's always right in what he does. He's always right, you know, when, when, when we, when you, when you have done things you shouldn't have done, as things start happening to your children, you're, you're the, you're the reason for it. You're the one to blame. Not the children. You're the one to blame. I can't help it what they do. You know, I realize that when they get to be men and women, not much you can do with them. But before that, you can. You can do something. He was saved from the sin he committed, but it did not help his posterity. Posterity. There are those today who are playing a dangerous game with God. Playing a dangerous game with God. God may not destroy them, but he will work on their family. Now, we, let's, let's all get together, and when something terrible happens, let's all get together and blame it on Satan. Let's all get together. Let's, let's never realize that maybe some of the things we've done and we've hid and, and we put under that proverbial rug is going to come back out to haunt us, going to haunt your children. Going to haunt your children. We know that God delights in mercy, but judgment is his strange work. God saves by blood of Christ and controls by humility and has his own way with his sinning children. Has his own way. You'll say, well, I've gotten by. God has his own way. It's not not for me to tell you today what's going to happen to you. I don't have that power. God doesn't give me that power. 
It's not for me to tell you today that, that this thing happened and, and it was because of the fact that, that we were hiding sins. You know, you need to be open with your sinning. You don't need to, you don't need to put them under that proverbial rug. I would, I tell you, I love to lift that proverbial rug up sometime and just see the snakes and the nasty things that's under it. The snakes crawling and the worms and, and all those things, all those nasty things under that proverbial rug that you've been sliding your sins under. One day God will clean that rug out. He may not do it to you. He may not even do it to your children, but he may do it to your grandchildren. Because that's what, uh, that's what it, the Exodus says. Exodus to the, all the way down to the third and fourth generation. Said God will hold them accountable for your sins and my sins. God will hold them accountable. He'll hold our kids accountable. You children need to be praying right now that your mom and daddy live a good godly life because you're going to, you're going to bear the brunt of it. That's what the Bible says. Yeah, I saw Carson. Carson telling his mom and daddy y'all better live right. <laughs> and I know exactly what he said. Carson be scared to do anything now. <laughs> That's true, though. I mean, we can laugh at it now. But we don't laugh when it happens, though. We don't laugh when God brings his wrath down upon sin in our lives. We don't laugh about it. Ahab was not laughing. He quit his laughing. He quit talking about his wonderful wife. He quit listening to her. And what did he do? He, he humbled himself down. And he put sackcloth and he repented and he fasted and he waited on death to come. That's one time he believed the Lord. Well, did Jezebel do the same thing? No, she didn't. She didn't do the same thing. All right, let's all stand.